I'll mute the mic before I do that because editing will be a pain if I have to edit Editing's out all. all editing's my always the worst. Throat part clearing. Oh, I know. I always put push it off. I end up delaying when I want to release episodes just because I dread doing the editing part. I, Especially I if know. I know during the recording that you that, got something, like, then uh, you got to thread back mm-hmm. through it and go. Oh. Yep. <laughs> all right. I'm ready. We will start in three, two, one. Welcome everyone to another episode of the Madonna Get Together. I am your host, Wayne. I took a short little break, but we are back and it is time. It is time to discuss the album that I have been dreading to talk about, the album that I probably have the most disdain for, but what I think is one of Madonna's smartest album releases of her career. Uh, Hard Candy was released in 2008, which spawned gymnasiums and workout videos across the world and also celebrated its 15th anniversary this year in April. Now, I didn't think it was fair to have someone like me who, if I have not made it clear. Uh, I do not like this album. It is not neat enough for me. Uh, So I needed to have someone on the show who loves the album and allow us the opportunity to give it a well-deserved healthy debate. And no, it will not take four minutes. Joining us today is Stephen Andrews, Madonna podcast legend, inspiration, and host of the Immaculate Podcast, as well as two other podcasts for the nostalgia, honoring other notable fabulous divas. Although, take note that there is another podcast out there by the same name, so don't be fooled. Steven also created and hosted Nixology, a podcast that shares his passion for the one and only Stevie Nicks and her legacy of works. Steven is from Southern New Jersey, who is also a high school history teacher, currently studying to get his master's in American history. He goes to travel, see concerts, read and collect comic books, and spending time with his boyfriend. He credits Madonna as a person who has given him a big strong hand to lift him to a higher ground and given him the strength to be the person he is today. From that first moment at four years old when he saw her perform the incredible Vogue performance on the 1990 VMAs. And having the Immaculate Collection being the soundtrack as he grew up as his mom played it on their first CD player. But it was Frozen and the album Ray of Light which made him a fan for life. Please welcome back to the show, Stephen Andrews. Hello, Stephen. How are you? I would like you to give me that introduction every time I go (laughs) anywhere. I need you in about two weeks when school starts to stand up before the auditorium at my high school. And like when they announce me, maybe you could do the same thing. I feel like I may have actually said that when I was on here the last time. So you, you are a master of introduction giving, Wayne. I appreciate it. I'm so glad to be here. It is so fun for me that people actually want my perspective after so long of doing this. So I'm very pumped to be here. Well, we have all missed you and your soothing voice of reason, which is why I thought you'd be the best person (laughs) to have this conversation with. Yeah, I am very now aware of my role on this show today, and that is to be the light (laughs) in the darkness. When you are speaking about hard candy, I'm here to come back in and give you a little sticky, a little sweet. Both of our sugars will be raw by the end. I'm very, I'm just excited. So there we go. Yeah, let's, let's do it. Well, just as a warning. Yes. I had not listened 
to the album since its release in 2008 before the show. <laughs> and I think I have only listened okay. to the full album a total of three times. I'll, I'll say four now since I listened to it before. <laughs> I wish that your listeners could see my face. Is there, is there a visual component to this podcast? Can there be no. for this one? Just Well, maybe you could like screen cap a reaction of my face right now because it's very... Um, Stunned, I would say, is a kind word. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not being serious. You don't have to do that. But it's true. I'm stunned. Really, four times ever. Uh, about. I mean, okay. I, I, of course, I've heard songs here and there from mm-hmm. the album, uh, especially "Candy Shop." Why you ask? She's performed it. What <laughs> was never a single, and from my understanding, never like a fan like requested favorite three separate times. And we are being presumptuous to assume that she won't be performing it on the celebration tour, or maybe she will. Don't be too sure. <laughs> but you know, Mdala or M-dala. the M-A-D-O-N-N-A. <laughs> so why don't you tell me why do you like this album? So I gave a lot of thought to this because I had a funny feeling that you were going to ask me this question. I don't want to go on and on for a million years because I know for a fact you've all listened. I can be a bit long-winded, especially when I get passionate. But Hard Candy comes out on, I'm pulling up my doc here, April 29th of 2008. I turned 21 about a month and a half later on June 10th. So this album for me will forever be synonymous with going out for the first time, meeting people that I'm still, you know, not super close to just for time and distance, but friends from that period, just having my first experiences out, going to clubs, having a good time, making friends. And it just reminds me of a really fun period of time in my life. And I think my own personal attachment to it is just that it reminds me of that time. So naturally I'm going to love it. I think memory plays such an important role when we decide like what are our favorites and what of our not favorites, Mm -hmm. because objectively, if I look at this album, is it Madonna's strongest album? No, not by a long shot, but is it one that I listen to frequently when I want to dance or I want to just have a good time and be in an upbeat mood. Absolutely. It's always one that I play. Some of these songs have never not been in my like Madonna set list or rotation or like mental Madonna concert that I give frequently when I am home alone. (laughs) (laughs) They're always, they're always in my set list. So it just brings back a lot of really, really fond memories for me. I get that. That's, I mean, that's fair. And I think, especially I think, the the younger you are in the more it, when you're in your more formative years which for me is from like 10 years old till 25ish i don't i i don't know i'm i'm pulling that out of the air there but because i'm using myself as an example and you know like like you were saying when you were 21 this is the album that did that for you and for me when i was 21 i think it was music the album music that was out so well 
equally a formative album for me because I think music for me was coming out at you know 13 14 years old that being the album that sort of soundtracked a lot of that for me so I was much younger on that front so I definitely have not similar memories but also holds a place so I feel you on that because music is another album that I think is overlooked not that that's sort of the point Mm -hmm. of this but I think people have similar feelings to not hard candy but I feel like it always gets glossed over in the just lusciousness of ray of light. Right. Beyond the, the more popular tracks. Yeah, for sure. Well, here's my thing. I feel like I want to (laughs) know this was a Timberland and Pharrell record featuring Justin Timberlake and I'll rip into him in about four minutes, but Oh yeah, I want to. I would like to pause and also say that anything Wayne says about Justin Timberlake, I fully co-sign with in the year 2023. However, at the time, I was a Justin Timberlake fan. My very first concert was NSYNC, so therefore, at the time, loved it. Feel free, go off, continue. (laughs) Um, Well, I thought I thought it was just essentially Madonna lended her voice to, which starts the trend of Madonna always featuring trending artist on her subsequent albums. Now I know that she wrote the songs for the album, but for me, like 99.9% of the album lacked that Madonna sound for me, that Madonna touch with the possibility of the exception of like one song, which we'll talk about, but also the album artwork, the photos that were like very retouched. I have no idea who that was on the cover and also that she, I know that she originally had a different idea for the name of the album and the different, yeah, which I will there. not go in there. Um, but thankfully she didn't go through with it. Uh, you know, the appearance on 106 and Park and just that this album just didn't feel like her. So I will definitely try to be as positive as I can and try to say at least one good thing about each song as we talk about them. But I'm also going to be like honest in my opinion. You got to be real. You have to be you. Now, may I ask you something? Uh, sure. What are your feelings on Timbaland Pharrell outside of this album? Was that, were they artists that you liked? Were they artists that you listened to? Did you like the other Timberland produced stuff at the time? Like what's your, cause then I got, I have a feeling on that. <laughs> well, yeah, absolutely. I, I liked Timberland's, um, of course, like Nelly Furtado was the big one that kind of put him into the landscape of everyone knowing who he was Just even though he, he did stuff album. before that yeah oh yeah with missy elliott for years yes. but that yep. nelly furtado loose was a big crossover Absolutely. moment to me at least yeah um and pharrell with nerd and everything like i loved pharrell i i liked their music i just felt like timberland had worked he works with you know, Nelly Furtado, then he works with like, um, uh, Justin Timberlake, obviously Justin, that's the big Justin one. Timberlake, uh, Chris Cornell, um, <laughs> York. Yeah, there, I uh, was going through, it, it's so funny you're saying that. Cause I was going through the credits of what Timbaland was one doing Republic. at that time. Yeah. One Republic, Duran Duran, Bjork. Duran, Duran, I mean, yeah. the breadth of that, I feel like part of my enjoyment too. Not only was it 21 going out, having a good time. I also loved Nelly Furtado's Loose. Mm -hmm. At the time, loved Future Sex Love Sounds by Justin Timberlake. 
also really loved anything that Pharrell had produced. Uh, Danger was obviously a producer on the album as well. I love Blackout by Britney Spears. So for me, I was so excited that Madonna was working with people that I liked outside of Madonna because she's always in her own little silo in my world. It's like, I never, and I, I know I said this when I did the podcast of my own, but um, I never mix her in with other artists. I never put Madonna on right. the playlist. Like she is separate. If I am listening to Madonna, I am listening to Madonna. She does not pl- play well with others in my view. <laughs> she's separate. Like she's a specific thing for me. So it was cool that the only tracks really for me that ever make their way into another playlist are tracks from Hard Candy because I can put them in with, oh, my Britney Spears, my Nelly Furtado, Mm -hmm. my Justin, my this, my that. So I liked that aspect because I felt like for once Madonna was just doing the music that I was listening to already, which is a very basic thing, but also kind of where I was at the time. (laughs) So I was just curious kind of what your feel was on the producers just in general, because I can see, I, I remember in doing it, when we went through this album on the Immaculate podcast that like a lot of people just flat out didn't like Timbaland. They didn't like Pharrell. So it was DOA. Like it was dead on arrival because people were just like, I hate these guys. That's not my type of music. I don't like it. So no matter what she said or did during this era, I feel like people just dismissed it outright. And listen, everybody's got their own taste. So that's, yeah, welcome like that's that's your own prerogative i was just i wanted to know where you stood on that before we dove in no and i just thought it was just like overdone like we've we've heard yeah she well she can't listen before <laughs> she came in on the tail end i think it was the first time yeah that rather than being at the beginning of a trend she was at the end of the trend but yeah. i was still riding hard with that trend so i was like all right well this is this is great this is just another component to that i think maybe i was a little bit behind the curve and moving on to the next thing <laughs> and that's okay fair enough all right well let's go ahead and and get into these tracks get into i'm the so I am so excited for this part because some of these songs, I would like to just fully disclose, I listen to this album. I mean, I listen to it frequently track by track, but the whole thing, I will say I hadn't listened to since I did the Immaculate podcast. So I listened to it this weekend while I was cleaning my house and I have never cleaned my bathroom and cleaned my kitchen and cleaned just like places that, you know, the places you don't typically go to, your your linen closet, your the back of the fridge. I'm having the time of my life while cleaning my house to this album. So I highly recommend anybody out there, if you ever need that extra oomph to do a deep clean of your house, <laughs> press play on Hard Candy and I think you can do it. Which totally it ties into you. like, yeah, the give it to me video where she's got the vacuum. That was me. That was me on Saturday morning. So take it away. Do your thing. Let's go. All right. Candy shop. All right. The one stop. One stop. Uh, My positive is that the song has grown on me. After seeing it on multiple tours, it's almost like a joke at this point, which I love. Yeah. But it's like a guilty pleasure. Like I would look forward to seeing her perform this just to piss everyone off. 
and piss people off it would. But I'm glad I'm glad that at least you know what if you were at the show that I was at, I could see you. We'd be the only two people standing, so I could probably point you out across the arena or stadium or wherever to be like, oh, look, Wayne's over there, because we're both excited for candy shops. So that's great. I love that. Now, I mean, there are some things that I don't like Turkish delight. Like who it's is It's gross. Have you I had it? I have not had it. And I it's but I wonder not my who, fave. Who is the audience for this song? Is is she appealing to her British audience? The the people of Narnia? You know, like <laughs> the only person who eats <laughs> Turkish delight is Edmund from and even then the 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 queen was like, uh, uh, that's all you want? Okay. <laughs> That is that is such a good reference. You know, this is this is why you give us content that no one else gives us. That is that is astute. You just took me back to like eighth grade here. So thank you for that. Yeah, I didn't eat. Wow. Yeah, I Turkish delight is a it's a strange choice. I know that Madonna's candy preferences have always been things like red hot. She likes hot tamales. Mm-hmm. Madonna is a fan of a cinnamon candy, but I don't think it has that same flow in candy shop. Right. Right, hot, saying hot tamales. Mm-mm. Red hots, yeah. maybe, but that's a minor, maybe. minor key. Okay, well, I want to talk about her 106 in Park appearance. Of for a course, minute. I thought I it was rewatched the most it. Bizarre appearance. I mean, I get Ooh. why she was on promoting the album. It sort of fit the musical landscape of the genre of music that BET plays. But I uh-huh. felt, in some ways, it was it 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 came off somewhat pretentious. I felt like she was giving answers that fit like they asked her you know who who her favorite artist and she'd say like oh it's michael jackson but classic michael jackson even though like madonna doesn't like it when people say classic madonna but that's another Mm -hmm. story Mm -hmm. um but uh, and then she was asked like who would you want to go on tour with and she says prince which i love that answer but i I feel like for a ticket to that was it a genuine answer or was she saying what she thought they wanted to hear oh yeah i would like to mention that you when you sent me your notes you mentioned you uh-huh. were going to talk about this and i hadn't rewatched it i don't even think i rewatched it when i did the immaculate podcast so i watched the whole thing on was it yesterday what it's a day is irrelevant but i rewatched <laughs> it and then I went and I watched the Hard Candy interview she did with Joe Wiley for the BBC. Mm-hmm. I was stunned by how nice Madonna was, both on 106 and Park and with Joe Wiley. She, this is probably the nicest interviews. There was no snarky, you know, I'm being ironic and, you know, all of her <laughs> typical artistic integrity. Truth it's a metaphor. Could, it's a metaphor and you're, you know, too dumb to get it. And all, she was genuinely so nice. I felt like on 106 and Park, once she took her jacket off, she did her coat. She seemed very relaxed and very comfortable. And I thought they asked really good questions. I was stunned by the, like the quality of question they asked, but I agree with you. I do think she probably was giving the answers she thought they wanted to hear. But I will say again, I would have loved a Madonna and Prince tour. I would have oh, paid. And I know absolutely. you would too, because I know your Prince absolutely. fandom as well. Yes. So I think she called it the Royal tour, which would have been a Ooh, brilliant yeah, yes. title too. 100%. Brilliant title. Oh, that would have been amazing. Um, but like you said, when she took off her coat, she came a little bit more relaxed. So when they asked her a question about something or other, she referenced sliding doors mm-hmm. with, 
Gwyneth Paltrow, <laughs> which I think, okay, these people don't know that movie. I don't even know that movie. I've seen the cover in a store, but I've never watched that movie. Have you seen that movie? No. Okay. <laughs> I had to look it up. <laughs> so, but I was like, you know, this is a young audience. They don't... over here. No. I, well, I think there's this, the thing of like Madonna effect. So, you know, when Madonna mentions something, we go and we re- research it or we go and watch it. Um, of course. Like hot tamales. Like I never thought about eating hot tamales until I watched Truth or Dare. And I still eat them and I will eat them the way that she eats them in Truth or Dare. and Hitting you know, the back we, of your teeth deliberately. Hitting the back of your teeth. While someone does the Vogue bite, steps. Mm-hmm. And blinking a lot. She likes to blink a lot when she eats. (laughs) Well, in in case you forgot, you're speaking to someone who contrived like three quarters of his teenage personality off of everything that Madonna was. So anything that I always tell people, like, you know, if you knew me in high school, you really just knew Stephen playing Madonna, Stephen playing Gwen Stefani, Stephen playing Stevie Nicks. Like you really, honestly, like people, I, they're stunned. I think now when they get to know me and they're like, wow, you, you're not really that pretty. I'm like, no, well, I was just play, <laughs> playing a part, guys. That's that's who I was back then. You weren't but really Steven yet. I wasn't. I was uh, just an unformed mound of flesh at that point there in time, being molded by Madonna and and others, but mostly Madonna. Um, now, I got a question for you related to Candy Shop. Did you hear it as a demo prior to Hard Candy coming out? I believe I did because there was there was two tracks I yep. believe that were kind of leaked. Yeah, that and one of on. them. Yeah, and I was like, I don't think I was into either of them mm, at the time. Okay. I was like, what is this? Why is she saying always the bridesmaid, never the bride, and she's married? <sighs> I wish that line <laughs> had made it into the actual song because I. I loved that She's line for some it. reason. She's she is. Well, we'll her. we will I am sure we will get there eventually. But yes, definitely. She likes to <laughs> she likes to recycle some things. But I remember hearing Candy Shop this summer prior when she was on Live Earth and she had done Hey You, which I don't know if we're going to get to. We really don't have to because it is my absolute bottom of the barrel least favorite madonna song of all time hey you you heard it here first um but i remember hearing that and thinking wow this is crap and then i remember hearing (laughs) candy shop on myspace and i made it my myspace project playlist song at the time and thinking god if only pharrell had given her this because pharrell also did hey you as well and he did yeah, and that was like our you, first introduction. That was so. I'm. I was scared. I'm like, this sucks. I don't like this. If this is the direction this album is going to take, I was very pleasantly surprised that that wasn't. But I remember hearing the demo of Candy Shop, and it's pretty much unchanged on the album. Yeah. Well, it's funny that we say that because if we think back to um, the. Shep Pettibone collaboration, This Used to Be My Playground, before Erotica, we were like, oh, I wonder what this album's going to sound like. When yeah, we heard... talk, talk about a red herring. <laughs> but and I it love... It just throws you off the playground. scent. Yeah, and, well, oh I my goodness. Well, well, I don't love Hey You. I I like it more than most majority of the songs on our candy <laughs> oh, we are all entitled to our opinions so i love candy shop i will always love candy shop i play it 
probably once a week. All right, maybe All right. twice a month. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's get to the next song. Four minutes. Yes. Featuring Justin Timberlake. This was the, <sighs> the, the lead single. It had an interesting video, uh, which de- depicted this surrealism, the end of the world, but, you know, in one swipe. Um, and the only people that can escape are Madonna and Justin as they dance on um, grocery parked store cars. conveyor belts and parked cars. Yeah. Um, and in front of a, a countdown clock, which drives me to no end that the song is not four minutes. Right. Missed opportunity. And I'm sure Madonna will use the ironic excuse. Mm. Yeah, well, that's, <laughs> I mean, if there were ever an opportunity for a song to be exactly four minutes, point zero 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 seconds, it is four minutes. It, and I also feel that like the song title should have been four minutes to save the world. I, I know that's a long title. I know it's mm-hmm. a mouthful, but I always preferred the full length title. Maybe that's just being like particular, but I always like that title. I think it's a it's a compelling title for a song that didn't necessarily live up to its potential. It's not a favorite of mine. I, I want to be clear on that. Okay. Well, my positive to that is that I love the way it was used for Vogue, mm-hmm. the Sticky and Sweet tour. Talk about so. two songs that could not be further from each other and something that should not in a million years have worked, but it worked so well. And I listened yeah. to that particular version of Vogue a lot. I, I loved that. It's a rendition. great version. When is the last time that you watched the video for four minutes? Because I watched it about an hour ago. <laughs> um, When it was on TRL. When it was on TRL. So I found that she looked so pretty in that video. And I don't think that I appreciated just how like beautiful she looked in four minutes. And now I'm rewatching it and I'm like, wait, I really kind of like this video. I thought that geometric like death that was coming towards Mm -hmm. them was also pretty cool. I I don't know why, but I was like, that's kind of a unique way to show like impending existential doom coming towards you. You've only got four minutes to save the world, but look, they're pretty geometric patterns that are (laughs) headed your way. I mean, I thought it was great. I, I, I think looking back on it now, it's, it's of course, like I always appreciate it. And that always happens. If I don't like something when it is first released, when I go to look back on it, but like, Okay, I I was overreacting. Um, yeah. Oh, definitely. I mean, listen, if I could if I could turn back time in the words of Sharon, do <laughs> one thing. If I were to re-record the Immaculate Podcast today, I think it'd be a lot nicer to Confessions. It's grown on me in the last almost five <laughs> years since we did that podcast. So I definitely, I still will occasionally get something from somebody being like, I can't believe it. And I'm like, well, that was like the me of 2018, 2019. The me of now loves Confessions. It is, I've come full circle on that album so i get you you have that you reevaluate things but the other point i wanted to bring up with the video is just definitely the biggest budget video wise i think that uh hard candy as a whole has madonna's weakest videos and that is no disrespect in any way shape or form to madonna it just Mm -hmm. seems very apparent that since this album was 
a contractual, I don't want to say obligation, but it was her right. last Warner thing. I think they gave her a big like, hey, do this with Justin and let's make this big video. And then everything else, it was just down, 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 downhill. <laughs> do you think that's maybe why she didn't um, like renew her contract? Do you think like this is well, all that her was, in her sense no. that of like, like, um, she was being pushed by the studios to do something like this. And that's why she was like, well, I, I would just want to do whatever the fuck I want. I don't want to do what hmm. they want. I don't want to make a record with Timberland and Pharrell, but I will since you're pushing me to do it. Like, or do you think that she had more control and, and she was like, yeah, I want to do this. I always err on the side of Madonna having more control. <laughs> I do yeah. because I, you know, we, and this is so random and you can cut this, but I'll just tie it in. Yesterday was watching on Netflix the uh, Queens of R&B and Hip Hop, or that spe- it's like a four episode series mm-hmm. where you know they reference Madonna in there, sort of talking about cultural appropriation, which I-, I found really interesting. But the other thing was that she sort of was the mold of having control over your career, and they also talked about some of those 360 deals, which is what she signed with Live Nation. Forgive me if I mess up the timing, but I think prior to the release of Hard Candy, she signed that deal with the knowledge that Hard Candy would be her last Warner new album. Mm. Celebration was the, you know, last contractual obligation. And then she was already in that 360 contract, which I don't think served her well because she's somebody that, and again, I'm not being ageist in any way, but she benefits from the old school. She does benefit from that traditional record company promotion, big budget, that that old school way of doing things. all the shows. Yeah, absolutely. And I think she thrives in that environment. And God damn it, she's Madonna and she deserves that. So I felt like the Live Nation years, the 360 years, the post-hard candy years, I don't blame her as much for some of the things that we as fans are always like, oh, well, that's kind of cheap. And I'm like, well, let's really analyze what goes on, the business decisions that are behind that. So I think they like front loaded her with four minutes to kind of call it all back together. They front loaded it. They gave her the big budget at the beginning and then you get to give it to me. And oh my God, miles away is just like a, a, (laughs) a random live. And that song I'm sure we'll talk about in a minute. So good and deserved so much more. Well, I'd like to rip into Justin Timberlake right now. Oh, go for it. I'm, I will just sit, I'm going to sit here and I want all of your listeners to know that I'm nodding with every word he says. (laughs) Well, I just want to, you know, talk about him and talk why I like, I, why I fucking hate him. He sucks. And if there's anything I hate more than Justin Timberlake, it's Justin Timberlake on Saturday Night Live. I just, I do not find him funny and people are like, Oh, you're just being a hater. And I'm like, good. You get it. Great. I, yes. You mean to tell me you didn't like Dick in a box? Okay. I'll, I'll give him that, but I don't think, well, I didn't like Dick in a box, so it's okay. (laughs) You didn't like that? No, I just like it right out in front of me, but, (laughs) but I'm, (laughs) well, I I just think he's problematic. I don't think he's that great of a singer. No, I feel like he's had like maybe, two good songs and one song that he was just trying to put different lyrics to and pass them off as new songs. And he did Janet Jackson dirty and I've never forgiven him for it. And no, I can't. That's going to be a no for me, me, dog. 
Yeah. <laughs> nothing nothing like confusing Janet and Randy Jackson, no relation in one <laughs> in one phrase. Um can I just want to point out um in the video for four minutes, did did you if you rewatch it, you'll notice at the very end he's sort of like I'm mimicking it on the screen, but he's sort of like undoes Madonna's corset in the lower portion of that, oh. which as a as an astute watcher, uh-huh. I was like, huh. Isn't mm. that strange that Justin Timberlake is slight? It's it's her lower portion of her corset, but nonetheless, I thought it was just. I wonder if that was purposeful on his part, on Madonna's part, because you know she can be a shady lady sometimes. Let's mm-hmm. let's face it. So I I had never noticed that until about an hour ago when I rewatched that. So I did want to point that out. Like it was just something I found strange. I. In retrospect, I can't stand Justin Timberlake either. But as I said at the beginning, I loved NSYNC. They were my first concert. Like I, those yeah. NSYNC songs, boy band, they, it was always NSYNC over Backstreet for me, even though when I look back at it, I think the Backstreet Boys were actually more talented than NSYNC. They really, I mean, Justin, he's an, he's a good singer. JC's a good singer and NSYNC. The other guys aren't as good as all five Backstreet Boys can sing. So mm. I think that's a different different story but oh he was he was never my favorite member of nsync i was always jc and joey fatone that was i don't know why joey fatone looked like he could get down with the fans so i was <laughs> yeah. i was always i lived at 14 and i was just ready oh he sure does i mean listen yeah. anytime you have a kid inside of a boy band like he was the first one to have a child so we knew he was sexually active and therefore <laughs> a good time yeah, yeah jc got a uh a bad deal he did. <laughs> Out of that group. He did. But, you know. Justin sucks. Justin Timberlake is, yeah, he sucks. And I don't think that his, he adds very much to four minutes. I don't, I would love to hear a just solely Madonna sung version of that song. I'm sure one exists. Oh, well, we'll get to the song I would not want to hear Justin Timberlake sing on in a minute. Oh, all right, cool. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's a song I like, but I just don't play it. Want him. Justin Timberlake is on him. On okay. Um, let's get into Give It To Me. Give It To Me. I love that she used it too. Yes. Clearly on purpose. Yeah, she was stealing from Prince. Prince did it first. I also thought too that it was to um delineate between the uh her song Give It to Me and then Timbaland's Give It to Me with Nelly Furtado and Justin Timberlake that had come uh, out on the Shock Value album. So I thought the little two was purposeful. But yeah, I like I like anytime somebody uses numbers. It's an homage to Prince in my mind as well. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um but it's funny that you say that because she did not make any deline- delineation between forbidden love. No, she did that on bedtime stories and confessions. Oh, talk about yeah. like, I, I just feel like we need forbidden love three. We need part three because all <laughs> uh, both forbidden loves are excellent songs. So I would love a third in the trilogy. I think she owes us that. Yeah. What are your thoughts on give it to me? I like it a lot because that, I think that is the song that reminds me the most of being out at a club and hearing that song since I heard it so many times that summer that I turned 21, that's where the memories of this album and being out are the strongest. Give it to me was the song that was being played the most. So I have nothing but just good time memories associated with it. And I like the, her melody 
in that. I don't like the get stupid part in the center. That's very Pharrell and I love Pharrell, but I was just like, that doesn't necessarily fit in this song. Yeah. But I love it overall. Video was just, oh man, rewatched that one today too. I was like, damn, this could have had such a fun, vibrant club video. And that was not it. No, but I will say I, I kind of, out of all three videos from this album, this would be my favorite. Oh, well, that, that is, is my a positive. positive. Hey, that is I, positive for this. Good song. for you. I don't think anyone's <laughs> ever said that before. So I am so <laughs> glad that someone in the Madonna world has said that Give It To Me was their favorite video from the album. I, I think she would be happy to hear it too. Okay. This vi- Wait, do you remember this video um, premiered on Perez Hilton? No, because I can't stand Perez Hilton. Oh, I can't either. But <laughs> I was very much at that time, like that was that was the first place that had the clip. So I also associate this song with Perez Hilton for better or for worse. I think I think I first saw this video on the VH1 morning breakfast show when they would show I it like that. 6 a.m. or 7 a.m. <laughs> When's the last time you turned on VH1? Do they still do that? No, I, I, I actually, I, I couldn't even tell you. <laughs> well, I don't know what they so. do on that channel anymore. I, I don't know either, but, oh, I used to love flipping on those videos in the morning just to yeah. see. And yeah, they would, they would, VH1 was always very loyal to playing Madonna's work. Absolutely. Um, so what are your, what are your thoughts on give it to me? Like less, because I know you said the only positive was the video. So what else? I don't, I, uh, the, the song just doesn't speak to me as a madonna okay. song so it's just not see one that. that's it's not one that i listen to but when i do listen to it all i can do is like mimic her give it to me <laughs> yeah like it's that high-pitched falsetto mm-hmm. bg's voice and bg's voice wow i don't that's that's good we we used to call that crow donna back in the day she was definitely giving a giving giving some crow on give it to me but i like the don't stop me now don't need to catch my breath that part i like the melody of that i i just always thought that was fun to sing along to but i was I, i was also sort of surprised how this was the closing number of the sticky and sweet tour. Yeah. I wasn't expecting that this would have been that. I don't know what I was expecting, but this song, Something when I first heard the album, I wasn't predicting that would be the closer, but I remember having fun during that part. I couldn't agree with you more. Like, I don't understand why that would have been the closing song. Um, but I, I'm trying to think in, in terms of how she closed her show. Like when she closed her show with keep it together, which was a single, but it was an amazing closer. Oh, so, I think maybe her best. I'm gonna be. Yeah, I'm feel. Sure. I'm feeling bold today and saying that is her <laughs> best closer. That that opinion could change tomorrow, but for today. But you know, it's just as a as a closer. I don't know if I, I'm sure when you're there, it it feels absolutely incredible, like a high energy and everything. Did you see Sticky and Sweet Life? I sold my tickets. Oh, okay. Well, we can talk about. That I bought later, them then. as a panic, uh, and not panic, but like, oh, I want to go see her. And of then, course. you know, experiencing the album, um, there was a whole thing with, it was in Atlantic City, and it was on a Saturday, Ooh. finding Ooh. a hotel like under $700 was impossible, and I'm like, yeah. 
I looked at the track list. I know she always promotes the most recent album the most. So that's the song. Those are the songs that she tends to use the most. And I was mm-hmm. like, I don't want to see it. So I just sold my tickets. Wow. Well, I um, I, we w- <laughs> we would have almost been at the same date because I, I saw her in Philadelphia on that tour. And if, if we're going to talk about that, we can save it for later. But I wanted to go to the Atlantic City show and I was mad because the request song at that date was Everybody. And I was so sad that I didn't get to hear her sing Everybody because I love that song so much and I've never actually heard her sing that one live. We got Dress You mm. Up, which was very exciting in Philadelphia because I hadn't heard that one live either at that point. But when I saw the next day, because it was either the next day or two days later that she did everybody, I was like, God damn it, I should have gone to that one instead. But she didn't miss much because the venue that she played is notoriously, it sounds like it's underwater. It's Boardwalk Hall, very echoey. Yes. They used to I do Miss America there. there. Oh, okay. Then you know. It's it's like I, an echo chamber. <laughs> but I also love it at the same time because it's, it's smaller, more it's intimate. Small. Um, I saw Confessions there and I saw my second Rebel Heart show there. Look at you. So. An, a, an AC a regular. Though. Oh, it's sure. Listen, I mean, it's not a drive for me because that's about right. 30 minutes from here, but <laughs> I don't find myself in Atlantic City very often. It's really only... <laughs> I if, don't blame you. <laughs> yeah, it's rough stuff. So <laughs> any other give it to me thoughts or should we jump into Heartbeat? Because let's, let's jump into Heartbeat. But I won't have love a lot it? to say about that either. No, I you don't. Oh no it. way. It is my second to least <gasps> favorite. I don't know. It's it 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 falls along the bottom of just this album. That's not even <sighs> where it falls. <laughs> it's it's just oh. as far at the bottom. I I don't understand the see my booty get down. I I'm just like, why? And, and this has <laughs> nothing to do with ageism. If anyone put those words into a song, I'd be like, why? And when she performed it on live, I'm just like, mom, you're embarrassing me. Stop, please. That's how you, I feel. <laughs> honestly, you're not the first person that I've heard say something really similar. So I, I understand that. I love it. I think it might be, if I were right, definitely one of my most played songs from this album. I didn't, go back and look, but oh, for sure. Always one of my most played. I love the lyric to the verses about on any given night, catch her on the floor, working up a sweat. Like it is a quintessential Madonna on the dance floor, expressing her love of dance, of clubs, of just being Madonna. And for me, I I was, it just fits right into the pantheon of Madonna's love affair with the dance floor song. So I was very welcome to it. I feel like it just needs a different production around hmm. it for me. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I, I like love if, I love the production. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> but it's it's I loved it. Now I wish that it would have I think the performance on the Sticky and Sweet Tour was a little bit lacking. It kind of felt to me like it was a song that she was just rushing through. I think the placement of it in that like segment of the show. I thought this could have been a really good opener for the tour with that heartbeat, that bum, 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 like really building up the anticipation. Cause I think that sticky and sweet actually does have one of her weakest tour openings, but I think heartbeat could have really amped up the crowd and, you know, she could have jumped up and done something with it. That was in my immediate prediction 
of like what song is going to open the tour heartbeat was a shoe in for me. I just thought that was where it was going to go. So love it. Play it often. It's fun. It's peppy. I also like the, um, I don't know if it counts as a bridge, but the, you probably think I'm crazy. I don't want you to save me. And I like when she says your heartbeat toe, like we get a little <laughs> heart, we get heart, heart and we get toe. And <laughs> I mean, that's my bread and butter right there. I, I could, I could take that check right to the bank. <laughs> Do you think for that's the song that Pharrell made her cry in? I think so. I do actually. I do actually. Because I know that he was not very kind to her in the studio. She did not really have warm feelings about him. So. I know, and she's not worked with him since. Mm-mm. So, well, there's always there's always hope for the future, though. Maybe maybe he'll come back. I know you wouldn't want that, but I would be I would be okay with it. <laughs> I would I would have I would like to I, I would say out of all these, I mean, I think Pharrell produced more of these tracks than Timberland did, but um. I tend to like the production of Pharrell's more so than mm-hmm. Timberland's. I could um, see that. But I would say that I think it it needs a little bit more of that that Madonna pop sensibility around it. Mm. I feel like some of these, when I hear the melody, if I were to hear the melody outside of the production that was done for this album, I feel like there is Madonna there, but it's almost like she's she's kind of like, like she says in her um, <laughs> in Truth or Dare, where she's screaming but no one can hear her. I feel like she's mm-hmm. in the void somewhere in there, and she can't find her way out so that we can hear Madonna on this record. That's wow. why I feel like it's that. Is, that's a very deep metaphor for Hard Candy. <laughs> I don't think anyone has ever given Hard Candy that deep of an analysis. And I, I genuinely no, I'm not being sarcastic either. Like I appreciate that because I think you've got a point. You have a strong point, despite my love of this album, because it's apparent love. But yeah, I think you got a point on that one. I also, as far as heartbeat, just think that when's the last time you listened to, well, I know that. Have you listened to it on headphones? No. Her vocal, the vocal, I? I, I think that you might be pleasantly surprised because I was, when I was cleaning, I was listening to it on my airpods and i thought wow i don't remember her voice sounding as warm and as clear as previously because typically when i do listen to madonna it's out loud it's on the speakers like you know it's kind of a party vibe Mm -hmm. i just you know wanted to really give it an undivided listen so i plugged in my airpods and i thought to myself wow she sounds very her voice sounds kind of like fuller and I feel like we haven't gotten and that's just natural like with time her voice is going to change and I think her voice is thinner now than it used to be it's not an insult it's just a fact and this was one of the last warm Madonna vocals that I think we've gotten so just just a minor minor observation well let's let's go miles away and talk about miles away (laughs) Another one what I are your love. Thoughts? Oh, another one I love. Another one I played endlessly at this time. I mean, that was probably when the record came out, my most played song about a year before that, because this was like college for me. So I was dating somebody who lived further away. He went to college mm-hmm. in another state. So definitely impacted some of my feelings yeah. on that. This was the song. There's 
most Madonna albums, I've got five or six songs that I feel like can relate to my current state of mind. Hard Candy, I think this is really the only one, this and She's Not Me, that I could really relate to on a personal level. Like missing somebody and feeling yeah. like they only wanted to be like emotionally vulnerable with you when they were back at school, but when they're up for Christmas break and you're hanging out and they don't act the same, gosh, taking me back like 15, almost 20 years here. But I, re I remember those feelings and thinking, oh shit, like Madonna wrote a song about exactly how I'm feeling about this boy I dated for yeah. like two months. <laughs> but it was a very intense two months as it always was. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and I get that too. But this song for me, like it gives me, for me, it gives me like Who's That Girl vibes. Like this, the songs that are on Who's That Girl, Who's That Girl. Oh. And um, maybe uh, that's why I like it. Because I love yeah. Who's That Girl. <laughs> The song "Who's That Girl," as well as um, the album too. Uh, what's the song I'm thinking of? The ballad on there, "Look of Love." Look of Love. I'm sorry. Yes, it gives me kind of those two song vibes. If if they were to have a baby, it feels like it would be this song, but without that kind of like pop I'm... percussion, that that little popping um, <laughs> beatbox <laughs> percussion that uh, Timberland does. Yeah, that that's is my only thing. That's my only qualm is the production. Like there's too many, it's too, tim there's too much Timberland on this. Yes, this is, I, Miles Away is definitely the most Timberland, Timberlake yeah. E song of this album. This one too, I don't know if you remember, I heard this before the album came out because it was a soundtrack for like a, um, like a Japanese show. And I remember mm. downloading that clip off of some Madonna website of them playing that song in the context of this episode of this Japanese program and oh, wow. being like, ooh, I want to hear more of this song. Because it was a couple weeks before the album came out. I think she might have even done some promotion in Japan for it. But I distinctly remember hearing a snippet of Miles Away before the album came out and definitely being like, this is going to be my song. Like, this is, this is it for me. And it was a highlight when I saw her live. Like I remember really getting into it and when we, everyone would clap and it, it was the audience participation, clapping your hands yeah. above your head moment of the sticky and sweet tour. So I live for those moments. Now the video. Oh, I mean, can you even call it a video? Is it? I, I, I feel like <laughs> it's like a, it's like a compilation. I, 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 like the idea of, of using kind of like live footage and behind mm -hmm. the scenes and stuff. But I feel like if they're going to do that, just use the live version. Yeah. Don't oh, use the for sure. Version. Don't sync it up. Don't sync it up. Yeah. Unless uh, she does an exclusive recording of, of her on stage, not the actual footage that's used in the DVD. Yes. I agree with you 200% on that. I also feel like it could have been bigger. Like this could have been a bigger moment if mm -hmm. there were perhaps a bigger budget or maybe just, you know, that she wasn't on tour and getting a divorce at the same time. I do wonder if more would be put into it. I often have thought since then, and I might've said this on the podcast, but I'll repeat it if I didn't. Um, how much this song could have been bigger, but it probably maybe gives her some uncomfortable feelings because it was written about a really uncomfortable situation. I mean, it's right. it's the most confessional, real 
song on the album about her feelings about her marriage, which was actively crumbling. I mean, there were lots of reports in the news at the mm-hmm. time of, you know, she and Guy being on the rocks and all of that stuff. With A-Rod and... Yes, with A-Rod yeah. and that, you know... Him horse- with her trainer. Yes. Oh, yeah. gosh. Didn't we... Um, Messy. What? Yeah. I'm blanking on the demo that was about that whole situation. It'll come to me later. But uh, two steps behind me, I think, maybe. One, oh, one of them okay. was inspired by that. But regardless, I thought miles miles away was the ghost town of hard candy or perhaps ghost town was the miles away of rebel heart the song that could have been bigger and should have had more but didn't although at least ghost town got a really cool video correct and um i i think even if miles away had a better single cover Yeah, isn't well, that that was the one with the postage stamps the or the stamps, passport yeah. stamps? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, no, nobody's nobody's really reached. But then really again, on the nose there. Here, I'm gonna just interject and say, this is right on the cusp of people, myself included, really stopping buying physical releases. Like 2007 to about 2009 was when I really stopped buying physical stuff. So I, mm. I recall seeing Miles Away and being like, I don't think I'm gonna spend, you know. on that import single because and i don't have it like i my madonna my madonna collecting sort of stopped right around hard candy at least physical stuff now i've gone back and purchased stuff since then but like my timely collecting of it collecting it when it came out hard candy was but then again i'm also thinking well i'm a little bit older i'm starting to get a real job i've got actual real expenses like that sort of stuff so i yeah. can i can see that too you know adulthood does creep in yeah and i think i i still always collect at least one copy of the the physical stuff. oh yeah i do i do um too. and i but i around 2006 around confessions i think that was the last time i started buying like magazines so i stopped buying all magazines so it was only music based so mm. unless there was an official release, I never bought any of like the MDNA import singles or anything like that. Um, no. But, and I don't think there's been like singles really since. Mm-mm. Like not, not, singles. well, not like not on a large scale, not like. Not from Live your, Nation. No, well, <laughs> let's not, let's not go there. But yeah, I, <laughs> I, I agree with you. And I find that I'm, I've become such a streamer. Like I really just love mm-hmm. the e. I love the ease of it. So for me, this was the point where I'm buying things off of iTunes. It was so yeah. much easier to physically, you know, drive to the record store that was 20, 30 minutes away, or just press click on my, you know, Apple iMac at the time and just click that iTunes yeah. store, and boom, I've got, I've got the you know, ring my bell, the bonus track. (laughs) Exactly. Don't go so far away. (laughs) Steven and I will be back next week to finish eating up hard candy. Thank you for listening. Please be sure to like, subscribe, rate, and review the Madonna Get Together on your favorite podcast streaming platform. And be sure to follow on Instagram at Madonna Get Together. Until then, my beautiful strangers. <laughs>